We're going to get started. You guys can sit down in a minute, okay? Stay there. I need a little help to kick us off. I want to remind you that um, that we have the Sunday, 5 p.m. You're here now. And if you can, all at the same time, let's just look at that back corner. Not at anyone sitting there, um, but there's some chairs in the back corner, okay? There's some chairs. There's about another 100 or maybe another 80 chairs in the back in the back room there. You may think this place is full already, but we trick you. We space them out and we make it feel really full, okay? But there is so much more space in here for people to encounter God, to hear what he has to say, to find purpose for their life, to find community, you know, that's genuine, authentic. Uh, but those seats aren't going to fill themselves. It's going to take people, ordinary people who are willing to step out for Jesus, to step out, to take uh, one small I'm excited tonight. We're starting a new series for a few minutes. Um, We're going to share around the word, but we're going to get started. Everyone okay? Yeah. All right. Um, You guys probably just take a seat, Grace. You stay right there. So good. Um, We're starting this new series, and it's called, well, Essie gave it away. She wasn't supposed to. So I have to rework how I'm going to reveal it again in my message. But we are starting a series. But before we get there, before we get to tonight's message, it's the lead up to Christmas. The Christmas count is on. We're in November. Hands up. You've got trees in the house yet? Anyone? Just decorations? A couple here and there. Um, who's like, it's it's too late to be putting up Christmas trees. It should have been happening. Anyone? Okay. Well, we're, we're on the lead up to Christmas and this series that we're about to do, if you like the series, what's a series? It's just like a collection of talks that all sort of fit together, like a TV series, but good for your soul, okay? Yeah. So we're doing a message series um, over the next couple of nights in November. Make sure you get here for every single one, because um, I really think it's going to bless you and speak to you. Um, we know this is going to be an anointed message because of the new pulpit. Everyone just did that little Transparency is good. Too good. How many know that God has big things in store for your life? Yeah. Like God has big dreams. He's got a big purpose. He's got a big destiny in your life. That God um, has some big things for you. But how many know that he doesn't just give you the big thing all at once? God often will train us, prepare us for the big thing by giving us just the little things. By giving us the small opportunities, by giving us the the, the small steps. And and this series is about this idea of taking just one small step. So I believe that before God, it's not that he he wants, he doesn't, it's it's before he gives us the big things, it's almost like a, a testing ground or a trusting ground with the small things. You ever heard that scripture in the book of Luke 16? It says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with very much. If you can be reliable, if you can steward faithfully the small thing, the, the, the small amount of money, the small job opportunity, the, 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 the small thing, if you can uh, be faithful with the small, God will bless you with the much. Uh, I'm so excited because um, we're in a small season as a church, but I'm excited about that. Because it's not, it's not like small is bad small is necessary i don't know if you're in a small season whether it's uh in your ministry or whether it's in your work or your career or maybe your relationship uh or your your parent like you've just got a small little baby god prepares us and that's a big thing actually Um, 
God prepares us, but in his saying exactly that, Gabe, he has been faithfully serving young people for years. And 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 young, you're not a small thing, but to Gabe, you're kind of a small thing, okay? But God's been seeing, okay, he is he is faithful. He isn't just uh, serving those youth or, or loving those kids just because it's his job, but he is sown week in, week out. Like, you don't even understand the amount of times he picked me up for church when I was just a youth kid. He was faithful with the small, so God has given much to both Gabe and Danny over there. I, I believe that God wants to do something big in your life, but he wants you to see, are you faithful with the small? You see, as people, as humans, we look around and we're like, we get really inspired and like really excited about the people who, do it, who are doing big things around the world. That, that person sailed across the world by himself or that person ran this amount of meters or, or, or that person's got such a big opportunity or a big, like we get so inspired by the people who feed everyone with just nothing, like who just do an amazing work for God. We're inspired by that, but little do we realize that God's not just wanting us to do the big thing like once a decade. Like God will ask you to do some big things and take some big steps of faith. But it's not just the big things once a decade, it's every day, the small steps. Every day, just taking one small step towards Jesus, towards his calling, towards his purpose for you. Can I get that timer up, Harrison? Sorry, just so I don't go over time on everyone tonight. So tonight, we're going to kick off this series called One Small Step. One Small Step. And in November, I don't want you to do anything big for God. You ever heard pastor say that? Don't do anything big for God this month. No big moving overseas to feed the poor. None of that. Not allowed. No, you can't. No, no big checks or you know bank deposits in the offering. You're not allowed to give anything over $100 in the month of November, okay? Is that okay? Yeah, okay. No big acts of faith. No big dream. Don't do anything big just for this month because I want us to focus on just taking one small step every day towards God, towards what he's called you to, towards what God is doing in your life. You see, the thing is though about the one small step he's asking you to take, just because it's a small step, it doesn't mean it's not a scary step. It doesn't mean it's not a supernatural step. It doesn't mean it's it's not going to require faith. Tonight I want to talk about faith as sort of the bedrock to this series. Because no matter the size of your step that you take, it's going to require an element of faith. It's going to require an element of trusting God. It's going to take a a seed of faith to do anything for God. Whether it's a big thing or a small thing, I'm asking you to take one small step of faith. And so tonight I want to talk about faith. And... uh, I was saying to Benny this week that I would, God's teaching me the message that I'm about to preach you. He's teaching me this myself right now. I spent about 25 hours on this message this week over a couple of different days, obviously, because 25 hours in one day. It feels like that though sometimes. Um, and it just wasn't clicking. I don't know if you've ever prepared a document or a tour, and it's like you're thinking work, brain work, and it's writing work, creative work. I was spending hours and I got to the end of Monday, which I normally start mulling over what God wants to do. And I got to the end of Monday and I put this concept of like, I think this God is what you want to say to the people this week. And, and then Wednesday morning was my next, next chance to work on it. And I, I, I was writing and scribbling for, for half the day. 
and then fry and it was still not clicking. I mean, I'm going home. And you know when you feel like you've done a lot of work in a day, but you, you feel like you haven't? And I was getting frustrated. I'm like, God, what's going on? I know this is what you call me to preach right now. And anyway, Friday came around and it wasn't until like the last hour, everything, the last hour of that 25 hour, everything popped into place. And I realized it's because God, I'm still in the classroom right now on this message. I'm still sitting in the, in, in the classroom listening to the Holy Spirit teach this message to me right now. And so it's taken a bit of time, extra time for it to come to, to come to pass. But God is teaching me and my family about faith even right now. Faith. Faith, faith, faith. There's no way around it. As the people of God, we are a people of faith. We have to live with an element of faith to our lives. There's just no way around it. You can't serve an invisible God, serve Jesus who claims to be God in the flesh, follow his ways and not have an element of faith in your life. We are a people of faith. Faith is the currency. It's the currency of heaven. It's the, it's the thing that causes stuff to happen between heaven and between earth. The Bible says in Hebrews 11.1 1, that faith is the substance. It's not this airy fairy off in the sky. I've got faith. Oh, I don't know. It's a substance. There's something. I want you to leave tonight with a, a substance problem. <laughs> I want you to leave here tonight with a, a reliance on a substance. I bet you never heard a pastor say that either. <laughs> a reliance on, on a faith. Reliance on your belief in God. A reliance saying, I can't do this by myself. God, I want to rely on you. Faith is the currency of heaven. Do you remember the time in, in Matthew where two blind men showed up in Jesus' space? And he showed up and they said, would you heal us? And then Jesus says these words to the blind man. He says, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Jesus says, and they say, yes, Lord. They say, yes, Lord. And then it says he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be. It's a currency. It's a transaction. According to your faith, let it be. Come on, I want to be a church. I want to be a people. I want to be a community of faith that says, where Jesus says, do you think we are able to see a city saved? I want to be a church that says, yes, Lord. I want to, I want to, when Jesus says, do you believe we can take down the suicide rates? I want to say, yes, Lord. Uh, when he says, do you believe that anything is possible, that anything can happen, we can change the stigma of a city? I want to say, yes, Lord. And I I want to hear those words from heaven that says, according to your faith, according to your faith, let it be, let it be, let it be. I don't know what you've got in your life, but I want us to say yes, Lord, and hear those words saying, according to your faith, let it be. I'm going to read our scripture tonight. It's from Luke chapter 5. Uh, it's seven verses in Luke chapter 5. It will be on the screen right there. So good. One day Jesus, everyone say Jesus, Jesus, was standing by the lake of Gennesaret and the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw the water's edge and two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats and that was belonging to Simon Peter. That's Peter. He had a name change. Um, and, and they asked him to put out a little bit from the shore. And then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. So here's Jesus. He's using the boat as a, 
as a pulpit and he's using the water as a stage, as a stage to, to preach the people on the beach. You see, the creator, he understood that sound travels over water much better than it does over land. You know, no one else, science didn't understand that, but Jesus knew because he created it. And so when he had finished speaking, when he had finished his sermon, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let the, uh, let the anchors, let the nets go. I must have missed a verse there. Um, he said, let the nets go and... And, and, and put out into the deep and let the nets down for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. Then they had, when they had done so, uh, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled, hey, get over here to the other boat partners, their business partners to come and help them. And they... They came and they filled the boat so full that they began to sink. They began to sink. Tonight, the title, week one of One Small Step is, the title of this message, if you're taking notes, is this. Flex space. Flex space. Come on. Uh, Why don't we, uh, why don't you show us some flex? Let's get some flex space in here. Thanks, Grace. Fishermen. Fishermen. This was their guy's job. Right? These guys were fishermen. They were out on the water. Their job, their occupation, the family business was to fish for fish. You know, um, Who's heard this story before? It's a common one. And this is the one that God just led me to for this series here. But in this story, there's this moment that happens. There's this period of time that takes place. This, this, this gap in time where there is this moment where... Um, the fishermen have done everything that they can do. And then Jesus comes along to do what only he can do. There's this period of time. And and it's this time that I want to call the flex space, a bit of wriggle room, a a, a space for nothing. This term flex space is actually a building term. It's, it's, It's the room in the house where it could be anything. You know, it could be a man cave or it could be like a sewing Sanctuary. I don't know. Like, it could be anything, right? It's a flex. It's a, it's an easy space. It's not defined yet. Um, and tonight, this message, flex space. This moment happens as the fishermen, the pro guys, have cast their net out into the water for the second time in the twenty-four hour period, and they've cast it out. And they've said, "Well, we've tried all night already. We're about to cast it out." And then Jesus sort of gets to work. Then. It's, it's sort of that moment where they've done everything that they can do. Um, and now there's this space time where the, the net, just imagine in slow motion. And he's throwing the net out. And the, the, the soon-to-be disciples are like, well, we've done everything that we can do. And then it's in that moment that Jesus steps up and does what only he can do. Now, these guys hadn't caught any fish last night. They would usually fish at night time because that's when they're active, apparently. Um, I know nothing about fishing. Um, but I don't know what happened the night before. They were having a bad night. Their competition was scaring the fish away. Maybe Jesus knew he wanted to use this as an illustration and he just whispered to all the fish, Hey, Nemo, go tell your friends. Watch out this time and place. There's a trap set. Get out of there. And he told the fish to scram so he could 
do this illustration in the morning. I don't know how it happened, but for whatever reason, the night before, they didn't catch anything. Then Jesus shows up. He says, hey, let me out. I want to use your boat. Yep, cool. No worries, mate. They go out there. He's preaching. He's finished. He's like, let's go out deeper. Throw your nets out. We've already done it, you carpenter. I don't know. Some scholars say that Simon Peter, he's been a bit sarcastic here. Like, if you say so. Like, uh, maybe it was like that, but it doesn't matter because Jesus still used it. Um, you know, he's a fisherman. Jesus, by trade, is a carpenter. Not a lot in common there. And, and, and anyway, he says, if you say so, if you insist, I'll do it. And it's that moment as the net is about to hit the water is the flex space, the opportunity where God can show up and do what only he can do. I want to put a challenge out to you. And this is the whole premise. This is the sermon in a sentence right here. The challenge is this, is for you to purposely create space where faith is needed in your life. To purposely create a space where faith is needed in your life. To create a space, a a bit of flex space, a bit of faith space in your life where the only way it's going to work is if God does a miracle. If God does what only God can do. If he shows up and does what he does best. It's in the flex space. The faith space is where God works. We need to give him some room to work. In our life. Some room to do what he wants to do in your life. Um, We need to create a gap. We need to have this gap between what you can do and what God's called you to do. Whatever it is you feel God's called you to do. And it doesn't have to be. I'm not talking about ministry or the stage with the mic. I'm not talking about that. Although that too, if if that's you. But there has to be this gap between what you can actually accomplish and what God has called you to. It's this gap in the middle. That's the flex space. That's the miracle space. That's where God is going to do a miracle in your life. The flex space is found between what you can pull off and what God has promised you. And I don't know what it is for your life. I don't know what it is he's promised you. I don't know what your goals are. I don't know what your God dream is. Or, or maybe, you know, could be anything. But I want to encourage you, if it's, um, if it's achievable, it's not big enough. Because God wants you to live by faith. God wants you to live relying on his strength, on his will, on his words, on his um, ability. We don't want to just live by our own strength. I mean, that's nice and we can do that. And many of us do that all the time. But I want to live in the flex space. I want to have an element of my life where it's unpredictable. And that's not a natural thing for me to say. Like, I want to have a, a moment where it's like, Jesus, you got to come through today. I'm about to take a small step, but I don't... The, between me here and where you called me to, I can't make it happen. I need you in the flex space. If you can do it, whatever it is for you, if you can do it, it's probably not from God. If you can achieve it, I'll put it out to you that it's probably not from God. Because he wants us to rely on him. So I don't know what your dream is. You know, a smart goal. Have you ever heard of a smart goal? Or your productivity bucks? A smart goal. I don't remember what it is, but part of it is, part of it is making sure it's achievable. That's the A. It's it's achievable, and that's okay when you're doing your biz. I want to get fit, whatever. That's that's fine. But but in our God goals, in our God dreams, there needs to be this element where it's not just, yep, all I got to do is drop uh, drop ten grand on it, and I've got that sitting in an account over here. Sweet. Like. 
We need to be people of faith that say, God, I want to actually have to rely on you. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not depend. Don't depend on your own understanding. I'll put it out to us that um, the flex space starts where our understanding stops. God's calling us beyond the thing we think we can to make happen on our own strength. The flex space, it's in that space, remember, that, that God does the miracle. It's, where, it's in that space that God makes it happen. It's in that space that Moses was when he stood before a Red Sea. He, was, he got the people out of Egypt, sweet. Yep, and he had God's help with the plagues and the fish and the disease and all of the COVID-19 ravishing Egypt. He, he made that happen, but he got them out of there. He led them. He, sweet, let's go. But the moment he hit the Red Sea, the flex space starts. He's understanding like, oh my God, how are we going to do this? And then that's when the flex space, the God space, the faith space starts and, he, and a miracle happens. If your goals are achievable, there's no place for God in them. So I don't know. I want to just challenge us, encourage us. Let's dream a little bigger for your business. Dream a little bigger for your family. Dream a little bigger for your ministry. Dream a little bigger for your career or whatever it is you want to do or God's called you to do. Dream a little bigger because it's in that flex space that God comes and shows off. Trust, another word for faith. Trust is needed when there is an unknown element. In the equation. You need to trust your teenager when they go out with their friends when they first get their pee plates. There's this element of trust that I am, and you've had that conversation if you're a parent of a teenager with a pee plate, you've you've had that conversation like, I am trusting you not to go to jail, hurt anybody, take anything, see anyone at any time. That's an element of trust because... As soon as they leave that house, there's an unknown element to you as a parent. And that's called faith. Now, I don't recommend... I'm not telling you to trust your teenager, okay? You do whatever you want to do. Um, But there's this element of uh, of trust is needed when there is this unknown element. Um, But the thing is, is why would you need to trust God if you've got it all figured out? If you've got everything balanced, your spreadsheet is mm, so good... And you've got a 10-year plan, and it's all perfect, and you, it's achievable. You know how. Why do you need to trust God with, when it's all done, yeah. when it's all sorted, when it's all figured? You can open up your, your computer program, your brain map, your mind machine, <laughs> mind machine, and, and it's all good to go. We need to have this element where we are trusting God in your finances. You need to have this element. And I know that's hard. I'm not saying go and do something stupid at all. But believe God for something bigger. Like, God, there needs to be this element. And I'm not being, talking about being unwise. Always be wise. The, the Bible says don't start building a house without calculating the cost. I'm not talking about being silly, but there is this fine line between I can do this all by myself, and I don't need God, so I'm going to do it, and saying... Okay, I, I think this is God where you've called me to and I can take it this far. But at some point, Jesus, I need you to intervene. I've done everything I can to reach out to that person who has blocked me or uh, hurting me. I've done everything that I can. 
I've done all that I can do to live at peace with all men. That's what the Bible says. But there, in that moment where that ends, there, there's this flex space where your understanding stops and your faith space begins. Don't overplan it. Don't overplan it. Um, who's got a friend that's just like an overplanner? I know you go on a camping trip with them or you go to the 7-Eleven to Woolworths with them and it's like they've got a 10-point page shopping list and it's got like point one, and then it's indented, indent, indent, a sub-indent. Um, it's got like a header and footer dated. It's like, there's a shopping list. What are you doing? Scribble that thing on some toilet paper before you go there. Anyway, over planners, they're just like everything has to be done. I know someone like that. He's related to me. He's my son. And he's five. Every night, we have this little routine at home and uh, I'm cooking dinner, master chefing it up. Benny's um, washing all the material off the children. (laughs) Boys. And and she puts them to bed and then... um, and then it's, can you send dad in? So I go in, I get the fun part, don't have to do all the boring cleaning. She's not here, so I get to... Anyway, she'll read it, listen to it on the podcast. But... And I go in and every night he asks me the same question, Dad, what are we doing tomorrow? And it's not just like, oh, you're going to preschool, I'm going to work. Uh, it's like, okay, who's taking me to preschool? <laughs> who's taking me to preschool? And, and will you pick me up? Uh, are you going to the hub today or are you going to the coffee shop today or where are you going today? And, and I've got to give him like this plan of like, I don't know, son. I'm sorry, I'm still working out what I'm doing if I'm going to put pepper on this steak or if I'm not going to put pepper. Don't ask me about tomorrow yet. You're going to preschool and that's what I've sorted. Someone will take you. Somehow you're going to get there and get picked up again. He's an over planner. And I'm a bit nervous because he's only five. Like, what's he got a diary? Like, he open. We walk out of the room and he pulls his pillow over and he's like, ten twenty nine. Dad came. He's like logging us or something. I'm a bit nervous, but it's crazy. But I've started having to say, Oscar, we're not making a plan for that. What are we going to do when we get there? We're not making a plan for that. Uh, what, what's our holiday house when we go on holidays? What's our holiday house? How many, is my bed going to have a fan in it? Uh, I, I don't know. What are we going to do when we get there? We're not making a plan for that. Well, we're not going to make a plan for that. We're not gonna make, but for some of us, sometimes we need to have this little phrase in our hearts where, where when we wonder about what, how we're going to do it or what we're going to do when we get there or what am I gonna, what's it going to be like when I get to this point, we've got to start saying maybe to ourselves, I'm not going to make a plan for that. I'm not going to bog what God wants to do down with all of my ideas and all of my thinking and all my greater. I'm not going to bog it all down and lock, and lock it all down in my schedule of how God's going to work and when he's going to work and who he's going to work through and who I'm going to marry and and when I'm going to marry and how many kids I'm going to have. Like, don't lock it all down. Like, don't over plan it. When we do that, we say to God, basically, okay, God, I can fit you in mm, here. When I'm 65, I can fit you in. That's my next free decade. (laughs) You know? Let's not bog our lives down with good stuff, but without giving Jesus the opportunity to say, hey, I might want to do something that's off script. I might want to do something that you weren't expecting. He's pretty good at that. 
you know, of doing something that you didn't see coming. Like God will do that sort of stuff, but we will miss it completely. If we're just like fishermen in a boat, be like, well, we fished all night. We didn't catch anything. Jesus is a carpenter. I'm not listening to you. I'm not throwing my nets out because I've done this. This is as far as I can go. I've used all my tricks and hacks and lures and everything to get the fish here. And it's done. I've gone as far as I can go. But it's beyond one small step beyond that moment. One small step beyond that section that God will actually begin to say, you've done everything you can do. Good. My turn. Good. It's my turn to have a go. And I believe if we just hold back and overplan and bog it down, God will reserve from that. Grace, maybe just join me as we finish up. It's been so warm, hasn't it? How was that hail the other day? Yesterday. It, it was just crazy just coming down. hope all your, like, your houses and your faces are all good from that. No damage there. Um, I saw someone that did have damage. No, no, just kidding. Um, but it's, it's, it's insane. But uh, I've really been loving these Sunday nights. It's been really good. I really feel like as a church, there's momentum. Like a, a physical momentum, yes. But like a spiritual, the ball is rolling. Like God is moving. He is wanting to do something. And I really hope and I pray that you're being encouraged, that God is speaking to you, that he is calling you to take a step, to, 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 to step forward and to lean forward into what he is doing. But the flex space is that gap, right? It's that gap, the unknown of like, I can pull it off up to this point, but it's not where you promised it would be. But it's in that gap place, that unknown place in that wilderness that God comes and he fills it with his grace. God will fill that gap with his grace. His grace, His mercy and His grace. I'm so thankful for God's grace. The Bible says that where we are weak, He is strong. Where, where, where we've got nothing left to give, when we've finally given up and said, okay, this is as far as I can take it, it's in that moment that the grace of God actually is unlocked and begins to flow. That word grace is the undeserved favour. Mercy is, mercy is God saying, you deserve this, but I'm not going to give it to you. You know, you, we receive his mercy when we accept him into our life. And what we did deserve, eternal punishment, he says, I'm going to give you mercy and I'm going to take away what you did deserve. But grace, grace says, I'm going to give you what you didn't deserve, what you couldn't handle, what you couldn't pull off. And it's his grace that fills the gap when we, when we stop trying, when we give it up, when we are weak, he is strong. And that's why you ever seen someone and it's like they've, it's almost like they've hit rock bottom. Like they're, they're at the end of themselves. And if they're a believer and they're a Christian, they start crying out to God sometimes. And you've been there, you've been in a dark place. You've been at rock bottom before. And it's in that it's almost like that rock bottom place, the most powerful prayers come out of your soul. It's in that place when you've got nothing left. It's, it's all done. It's in that moment that the most, sometimes the most powerful 
words will come out of your mouth. And it's in those moments the most powerful things will happen in your life because you might think I've hit rock bottom, but really you've just gotten all the way to the rock of ages. You've you've landed on a strong foundation. His name is Jesus. And it's in that place where you are weak. You've got nothing else. The tank is empty. That God comes and says, you're weak, sweet. Now I'm strong. Now I'm going to deliver something in your life. And so I want to encourage us. If you feel maybe tonight you're at that bottom place, nothing left to give. I want to say awesome. That's great because God can begin to work. It's in the gap that he fills it with his grace. And not only does he fill the gap with grace, but he'll actually grow you in the gap. You you will grow tremendously as a person in your faith, as a husband or or a wife or a parent. You'll grow. He will teach you. He will stretch you. He will enlarge you when you give up and he brings you through it. You will grow in the gap. You know, maybe it is a finance thing. Like maybe you feel like God calling you maybe to increase your tithe, increase the percentage of how much you want to trust him each week with your finances. And maybe you give like, you know, the the 5% or 10% or whatever, and you feel like God's saying, hey, I want you to take one small step. I want you to give 15% or 20% or, you know, 11%, whatever the small step is. And it's the space between that 5 to 10%. It's that little step up, that one small step that God will actually bless you, that God will grow you. You you watch the growth happen in your life when you take that one small step. I think about Peter walking on the water and maybe we'll do a message on that because he was just taking one small step at a time. But I reckon his faith doubled, tripled in in, in the day after when he realized that I was just taking one small step on the water and I, I couldn't do anything. All I could do was row out to the middle of the lake and I could climb over. That was everything that I could do. And then the flex space started, the faith space started, and I began to take one small step. I bet after that day, he had a whole new faith, a whole new realization of what is possible when you're following Jesus. God will grow you in the gap. But we've got to be willing to say, I want to grow. I want to stretch. I want to move forward. I don't want to just do what I can do. I don't want to just live like it's easy. I, I want to take some small steps of faith. Live in the flex space. Live in the faith space where God will move. When we stand right now, I want to give us a band to come back an opportunity to just step into the flex space in your life. I want to sing that last song again because it was so powerful. It was, it was an opportunity. It was about going to the deep and it was about stepping out like God wants to do something for you right now I don't know what your next small step is I don't know what your small space is but right now if you're comfortable why don't we just close our eyes right here and I believe right now Holy Spirit you're going to speak to some people you're going to begin to highlight areas that they need to give God room to work I don't know if you've been taking up every room in your life saying I can handle that and that and that. But I want to encourage you tonight to to make some room for God to work. Take a risk. Take a step. Create some space. I don't know where it is or what it is, what category of your life it's in. But right now, have an opportunity. God's going to speak to you right now. He's going to give you an area that you need to let Him move, that you need to let Him work.
What can only He do? What can only He do? Come on, let's play that. Let's make that space together right now.